going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Coming up on the Calgary Today podcast, we'll ask a few questions of Calgary's interim police chief as we look back at the last year and look ahead to 2019. We have a few tips so you don't hurt yourself while you're out shoveling snow like I did. And all kinds of talk about Premier Rachel Notley's decision over the weekend to try to turn the oil price differential tide. Let's get right down to the nitty gritty and welcome to the program, Acting Police Chief Steve Barlow. Uh, Acting Chief, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. Hey, Joel, how are you? Uh, fantastic. And it's Monday, and although I, I kind of kinked my back a little bit doing the shoveling on the sidewalk, but that notwithstanding, uh, it has been a, a roller coaster of a year, I think, for Calgary Police. Might be a, a way of putting it. When you look back on 2018, what has been maybe the, the key theme that you've taken away? You know, Joe, it's, uh, as you said, it's been a roller coaster year. We've been hit with our HR challenges. Um, but you know what? I think some of the really tough things when we get into our true business is the issues that we're seeing with drug addiction, um, our mental health, mental health crisis, that type of stuff. Those are the ones that are, I think have hit us a little bit more than we have ever expected. Um, and it's, uh, it's the guys on the street that are, uh, uh, my frontline members who are the ones who are, uh, having a follow up on all this stuff. So it's been a, uh, it's been a real change, I believe. What's the, uh, obviously op- uh, opioids has been probably front and center for you guys, crime connected to, uh, to drug trade, that kind of thing. And, and it's one of the things that you guys have, have really talked a lot about has been the, uh, the risks to not just the community, but officers in general. How do you personify this? How do you get the message across to people to try to maybe drive this message home that you've been trying to do for the last little while here? You know what? It's Part of it is, is for sure education. Um, we're always going to be going down that road. We do it through, uh, uh, through a variety of places in our schools, the public, so on and so forth. But it's also the crime that gets wrapped around these issues. Um, when you are having people who are addicted to some of our, our stronger drugs out there, um, and I'm going to say more of our methamphetamines, mm-hmm. uh, when we get into that type of stuff and you're able to buy it at a really low price, it's pretty, pretty easy to keep up with those addictions. But in saying that, it also deal. We, we then get into all of the social crimes and the the smaller crimes, breaking into vehicles, stealing vehicles, um, all of those types of things that are are truly the challenge when it comes to all of this. And clearly, the other aspect of it is is it has that trickle down effect. You have the drugs, which leads to the crime. The crime leads to more crime because what ends up happening is, especially with the proceeds of crime, that kind of thing, it ends up on black market. And and in particular, nowadays, it it's lending itself to the online sphere. How difficult has it been for the service to try to keep up with the the worldwide web, in a sense, to try to track down some of these, or does it make it easier for you guys? No, it actually makes it much, much harder. Um, I mean, we we stood up a unit, I'm going to say probably about 18 months ago now, our online stolen property unit, because we are seeing stuff get stolen 
and on to our our web and I'll and I'll and I don't want to slam Kijiji or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be one of the tools out there. But we see stuff like that on there so quickly, um, and we're having to deal with it. But we can't just you know, see it on there, phone the person up and have a quick uh, meeting with them and, and arrest them. And it's not that easy um, for the officer safety side of it, for the public who they may be sometimes the ones who find that property. And so it's that educational piece where um, so much of it ends up on there. We're only seeing a very small, uh, small piece of it. How do you get to the bottom of that, or can you get to the bottom of that? Because the other challenge that comes with those kinds of crimes is that you it's its so anonymous that way. Well, it's anonymous um, if people aren't um, educated when they're online. And what I mean by that is... Uh, we have always said, if you're going to be meeting somebody to buy something, then do it in a public place. Do it so that you're in a place and also do it in a, in a fashion that when you're buying or selling that you're actually um, making sure that the money is actually uh, changing hands. Because it goes both ways. We've seen many times people be victimized uh, when they're just trying to sell something basic. Um, and so it is a new world. We have actually suggested to people that if they want to use our parking lots, um, that we are, we are open to that. Um, but it is those pieces of knowing who you're dealing with on the other side. And if you're not comfortable about it, if the hair is on the standing up on the back of your neck or it's too good to be true, then don't do it. I wanted to switch gears just a little bit in terms of the uh, not just the online side, but certainly the the globalization of our world, which the Internet does do. But what it also has lended its ear to is whether it's terrorism or just current uh, events of the world around us. And I know that there's been uh, a change or, or at least a, a shift over in the police services eyes when it comes to uh, the counterterrorism idea and making sure that we're ready for anything and everything. What has been the change or what has been the shift that the service has undergone uh, just for those who may be not aware of of what goes on behind the scenes from your guys' perspective? Well, I think the other the, the there's no easy answer to that. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I say that we are having mental health and addiction issues on the front line and our officers are running off their feet down there every single day, we are also now being having to deal with and learn uh, what is going on on the web where we've got officers who are sitting on officer or in offices every single day trying to stay on top of these issues but it is changing so fast mm-hmm. um, and every single time we let's say close a little door in the in the world of the World Wide Web uh, another 10 more open um, and I, I really think that this will be where where the true crime takes place. People think, oh, yeah, what's the big deal? It's a huge deal when you are dealing with some of the crimes that are now online, child exploitation, uh, the money laundering, all of this stuff that used to be on the streets is now online. Do you get the sense at all, and we talk a lot about, and we've seen a few cases where there's been charges laid in connection with online threats and that kind of thing, but do you see that spilling out 
into the the personal face to face on the street side of things. And I know we've had a few uh, high profile rallies here lately, but do you see the the vitriol in person as much as you maybe see it online? Um, it's easy to hide uh, online. I think we're seeing it so often. If you look at young young people nowadays. Um, and the cyberbullying, there is no time away. Um, they, are, they have their devices with them 24-7. Um, and as much education as we do, it is still going on. People and kids and even adults, they don't think about it in the way that they used to. Um, and so is there an escape from it? No. Through education will always be the fallback we we look at making sure that parents understand what are their kids what are they searching what are they looking for who's sending them messages um, those are the pieces that all we can ever do is continue to educate uh, parents and school teachers and everybody else that we work with because we're all dealing with it Police Chief Steve Barlow joining us on the program. Uh, if you've got a couple of extra minutes we'd love to keep you on the line and talk a little bit about 2019. Uh, is that all right with you sir? Yep, absolutely. Joining us on the program right off the bat, uh, Police Chief Steve Barlow. And I wanted to get into 2019 for a second. And maybe not necessarily from a, uh, on the, the boot standpoint of things, but certainly priority number one might be that search for a replacement for Chief Chaffin. I'm wondering what the process is like, what you guys are, what the timeline might be like, and from a police service standpoint, maybe what the best case scenario for you guys might be or what you'd like to see from uh, from a new chief. You know what, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, the process itself um, is, is through a search firm, of course, and, and the simple side of it is their goal is to uh, be reaching out across this country and looking for that best candidate. Mm -hmm. That person who is going to, uh, in my humble opinion, keep the uh, where Chief Chaffin left us and keep that moving forward. Um, Policing is Mm ever-changing, and we need somebody who's going to be able to uh, come into this chair and be able to It's not about making massive changes. It's about um, continuing on with, I'll call it a legacy, because Chief Chaffin was challenged with an immense uh, amount of change, and he's made a lot of that change, and that's the stuff that we need to keep moving forward. Yeah, and that's one of the thing. That's one of the reasons why I asked that question. Is I know that between Chief Hansen and Chief Chaffin, there's difference of opinions on how each handled the job, and and given that they handled it in kind of polar opposite ways in a sense, but they both had the same idea in place. And so I was curious from that standpoint how to continue. And so I was glad you to hear that uh, that answer. When it comes to actually being on the ground, what do you see as maybe a, a top three priority list or a top priority? on your list in terms of what needs to be tackled on our streets here in 2019? So moving forward, these are some things that we're actually getting going right now. Um, I, I touched on it earlier. Our, our methamphetamine issue in our in this city is, is exploding. And with that comes a lot of crime. Right now, our, when you talk about boots on the ground, our frontline officers right now, are uh, working like they're killing it they're doing a great job out there um but you know what it comes down to is after a while you just 
it's a churn. You're going around and around and around, and we're dealing with so many people many, many times. So the second piece to that is not only am I going to work towards getting more officers on the front line, but my second piece to that is also working with our partners across the province. And when I say that, I'm talking about Alberta Health, I'm talking about the City of Calgary, I'm talking about social services. Um, we will not arrest our way out of this problem. Mm-hmm. It is strictly going to be working together with our partners. Um, we're already got those doors open, but it's getting more assistance and more help so that when we get these people who are ready to make a change in their life, they've got a place to go, and that's critical. That will be one of the biggest things that I will be uh, pushing forward now and also uh, working with the the new executive in the Calgary Police Service to continue that forward. That has to be one of the big issues, I'm, I'm sure, in your mind, given that especially getting to the uh, to the prolific offenders, I'll call them that, um, given that even in, in the rural parts of this province and in particular sort of the bedroom communities, I've noticed a, an, an influx in the amount of crimes that are happening there with Calgary ties to them. So it's a it's an ever-changing situation that you guys are facing, but also one that you're facing together. 100%. And those, and I, and I can't reiterate it enough, um, I may be able to, or the officers on the front line are going to arrest somebody, but if they have... Uh, mental health or addiction issues, um, that's not, that doesn't fall into my world. My world is to be able to get them to, to a place where they can get the help they require. Um, and those, those relationships, they're slowly coming, but um, we just need to expand them. Police Chief Steve Barlow joining us on the program for a bit of a year in review and a year in preview, I suppose, if you want to call it that, sir. I appreciate the time this afternoon. Absolutely. Have a great day. You as well. So there's the the situation as it stands right now in our city when it comes to fighting crime and the issues surrounding drugs, that kind of thing. That's certainly something we're going to be keeping an eye on in uh, 2019 as well as we try to tackle not just the opioids, but in uh, Chief Barlow's mind, methamphetamine is also a major issue here. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. It's amazing how something which should be so simple, like shuffling the sidewalk out front or maybe the back deck to get that snow off, you'd think, ah, oh, it can't be an issue. We'll get that done in 10 minutes and away we'll go. It's only like six inches of snow on the ground. It's not that big of a deal. And then the next day comes around and you're uncomfortable. You can't sleep. Nothing is going well for you. That's what I found myself in the middle of. So what kinds of stretches should you do ahead of time? And what can you do to maybe speed up the process in case you've already done what I've done and already ruined your back? Maybe you can get on the fast track to success a little later on. We welcome to the program John Barth, the owner of YYC Yoga. John, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. Uh, I'm living right now. I can sit, which is fine. Standing up might be a bit of an issue later on. Let me get started with the uh, precautions that maybe people should take. What kinds of stretches could people do in order to avoid feeling like Joe does today? Well, first of all, you want to avoid lifting with your back. So especially, and there's a lot of rotational movements on the shoveling snow. So any kind of... Uh, um, Rotational stretches like twisting, um, this will definitely help alleviate some of that, that perhaps back pain that you may experience, right? With, uh, because especially when you're 
uh, shoveling, you might lift the snow and then and, and do a rotational movement to uh, basically um, push it to the side, right? So, mm-hmm. so instead of maybe lifting, wanna wanna try instead of pushing the snow and not lifting as much. But if you have to lift, try and do it more with with uh, um, with your legs as opposed to your back, right? What kind of angle should you have your knees? at to do that lifting with a leg. I thought I was doing that the right way and apparently I didn't. And maybe it was just that I wasn't bending enough. I thought that, I think there should be a slight bend in, in, in the knees for sure. And um, so I, I wouldn't say like, uh, so definitely not, not straight legs. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, and not, that's not at my So I would say somewhere about a 45 degree angle with, with the uh, uh, upper leg, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so the, and obviously core, engaging your core will definitely, because once again, you're rotating, right? And, and, and stretching, I would definitely, definitely recommend any kind of hip openers, ha- hamstrings. You want to uh, stretch those, those, those quads, maybe even um, get some, some neck um, stretches, in, like maybe putting your, your ears to one side so you get um, some stretches into your neck, right? Mm-hmm. Is there something to be said for the quality of shovel that you have as well? Something that you can't, you know, it can't be too long, it can't be too short, and also it can't, you shouldn't have something that can lift a whole bunch of weight. I would say look for ergonomic shovels. Um, and obviously most most stores like, you know, um, Home Depot or, or Canadian Tire should have some sort of ergonomic shovel. Um, get something, I would say, that, like, obviously the, the, the staff there can help you as well to, to, to get you the, the, the right height or the right length of, of shovel, right? right? Is there something as well to be said for stretching after the fact when you know you're hurting? Is there something to maybe fast track your ability to recover after the fact? Um, after the fact, I would also recommend that, that the similar stretches that you would do before and do them after as well, right? So th- this is like um, getting your body prepared, getting your body warmed up. Um, because once again, you, you, your muscles do need that extra, um, uh, you need that extra flexibility perhaps for, for that, uh, for shoveling, right? Mm-hmm. So it, once again, it, this will be very individual because I think that um, each individual might well i would say a popular um area to focus on would be lower back right Mm. so once again twisting i i would recommend for sure any rotational movements um hamstrings calves um like a hamstring um stretch perhaps like maybe like putting uh one heel forward doing like heel sweeps um what else? Let's see. And and tr- rotational movements can be done like either um, perhaps seated or you can even do them standing. You might have a slight bend in your knees and and not like swinging your arms or anything, but just in a controlled way, rotating to the right, rotating to the back to center, rotating to the left, and maybe choose to do like 10 per side or something like that. So, so is there uh, any credence to the idea that you might be able to ward off some of the soreness after the fact by hydrating, or is that sort of one of those things that helps but isn't going to fix an issue once it's already been uh, once it's already gone through you? 
Well, hydrating has always been official. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the, you know, an expert in hydration, but um, obviously hydrating is hundred percent. Like, I mean, you want to keep your body hydrated for sure to, to keep those uh, those muscles nice and, and supple, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly, uh, obviously, resting every so often, which I didn't do, probably uh, will help along the way as well. John Bartz is the owner of YYC Yoga. Uh, John, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. Thank you so much. There you go. Just a few handy-dandy little tips, I think. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to throw your way, and you can text me your answer, 403-974-8255. What's the going rate for... I don't know, a neighbor boy or girl who's looking for, you know, a little extra coin. Because that was the other thing I got thinking of as I was driving into the station today is, man, I should have just found I've got like a five-year-old kid that lives next door. I wonder if they're entrepreneurial enough. Would they be willing to do the shuffling for me? I, okay, five is a little early. Totally get it. But if you've got that teenager down the block... And maybe you're one who utilizes said teenager for that exact purpose. I'm just curious what, you know, is it 20 bucks for the full front yard or front sidewalk? Is it 20 bucks for the front and back? I, I'm, I'm curious. I have no idea. I've only been a homeowner now for a year and a half. So this is the first time that I've ever really had to conjure this whole idea up in my head. So if you got, uh, if you know what the going rate is for the neighborhood teenager who wants to make a quick buck, Drop me a line, 403-974-8255. Maybe there's some people out there that might be asking the exact same question. I'll pass uh, along those words of advice to you as well uh, throughout the course of the show today. Coming up next, we will dive into social media and uh, some of the arguments being made about why maybe it's time to dial back just a little bit if you've gone maybe too far down a certain rabbit hole or two. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Oh boy, here we go. All right. So trying to figure out how I wanted to keep this conversation going because it is the most important story we've seen in this part of the country, I would argue, in the last three, four, five years, period, end of discussion. This whole debate over the uh, price of oil and the differential between uh, the West Texas Intermediate and Western Canadian Select has been dominating the headlines lately and for good reason because as Premier Notley and as uh, oil industry insiders have said from the get-go is this is costing not just companies but us who own the the oil in the ground right now millions upon millions of dollars a day. Imagine what would happen if we were getting even double what we're getting now. At one point... That differential was like 40 bucks different. So at $56 a barrel for WTI, it was 16 Canadian. It was down to 10 at one point. And it's getting more of a response, clearly. And Premier Notley stepping aside today or setting out over the weekend saying, we're going to cut, we need to cut back on our production. Because as it stands now, why would we put more more oil into the system and not get the return on investment and potentially just keep ruining ourselves when we could scale it back and then maybe we can force the price up a little bit? Basic supply and demand, really. I thought, wouldn't it be fun to see if this is even getting any kind of play in Ottawa? Short answer, not so much. 
The premier's name not mentioned once during question period today that I heard. There was certainly discussion, though, on the differential and in particular surrounding pipelines. Again, it was uh, item number one. Both Andrew Shear and Justin Trudeau were not in question period today. So the questions were coming from Pierre Polyevra. And the answers coming from Natural Resources Minister Emerjeet Sohi. And it got a little tense, shall we say. And that they would dare talk about divisive record, or rhetoric after this Prime Minister, the limousine liberal, went down to Argentina at an international conference while our workers are struggling at home and he insults them and accuses them of creating negative social and gender impacts. That is absolutely disgusting and appalling and the first thing this government should do is apologize for that despicable rhetoric. When will they apologize for insulting workers? men and women and scrap this no more pipelines bill order order the honorable minister of natural resources well mr speaker let's let's look at the record of the previous government uh, how they failed to protect the energy sector and how they failed to expand our non-us global market when they got into office in 2005, 99% of Alberta's oil was exported to the United States. When they left office in 2015, 99% of Alberta's oil was still exported to the United States. That is the failure of that government, Mr. Speaker. Wrong. Here's the problem. You've been in power since 2015. What have you really done about it, sir? I've been bar- I have been barking up that tree for a while. I here's your clearest way to getting defeated in the next federal election if you keep harkening back to the days of the federal conservatives. You've now been in power since 2015. What have you done to change the situation? Crickets. Oh, and by the way, Edmonton Riverbend MP Majonaru yeah, he kind of feels the same way, I think. If only he'd understand how disappointed his own city is in him, Mr. Speaker. My province is in crisis. The Alberta energy industry is under attack by this Prime Minister. Albertans have been suffering for years under this Prime Minister's anti-energy policies. He killed Northern Gateway and Energy East, banned tankers, and has failed miserably on Trans Mountain. He, his No More Pipelines Bill Bill C-69 will be the final nail. Will this minister stand up for Albertan jobs and kill this Bill. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, while the previous government failed to get the job done, we are taking a decisive action and seeing results. We approved Line 3 replacement project and we are supporting Keystone XL pipeline. We are helping producers build up the refining capacity here in Canada because we know that means more value for every barrel sold. We announced major tax incentives in the fall economic statement for refineries and upgraders. And we are moving forward on the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion in the right way, responding to the issues. Hello. Did I hear him right? Did he say more value for the barrel of... Oh, boy. Anyways, at least he can stay to his liner notes. I guess that's a positive, right? Needless to say, not exactly the answers you were hoping for out of Ottawa a day after the 
premier decides to try to take matters into her own hands. It was nice to hear, though, in both uh, in the legislature today, Premier Notley and UCP leader Jason Kenney sharing nice things about each other, saying they work together on this decorum. What a fancy subject. Maybe for another day. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. For a final look at the markets for this Monday, we bring back Faisal Carmally from Popowich Carmally Advisory Group, CIBC Wood Gundy. Hello again there, Faisal. Good day, sir. We're going to talk a little bit more about the the oil differential situation. And you mentioned in, in the market numbers there that the price of the Western Canadian Selects up $8. So mission accomplished in terms of trying to bridge that gap a little bit when it comes to Rachel Notley's decision over the weekend. But I'm wondering how this played an impact on some of the companies that are involved. I'll use Synovus as an example, maybe Husky Energy, some of those players. Did those announcements help some of these companies out a little bit or did it hinder them some? It will help two groups. One, the executives are going to see some big bonuses because they have been able to see the bottom line go up. Number two, it will help shareholders. Who will not help? You and me, individuals, will help all those individuals who are unemployed that got kicked out of the uh, oil patch because of this downturn. No, it's not going to help them. This is a short-term measure. To give you an example, uh, Sonova stock up 12% to $10.99 a share. That's pure valuation for those shareholders. Again, this stock is still down from a year-to-date basis. Having said that, though, a nice 12% recovery. On the flip side, there were people who were not, or companies that were not in favor of this, this production cut. Big one was Imperial Oil. They came out and said they didn't want this to be done, and their stock has been suffering because of this production cut, down almost 4% today, 38.09 a share. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the other part of it that I've seen even from from friends in the industry is depending on who you are, even from a major corporation to the small guys, like the small guys, it doesn't help them in the in, in the interim basis much at all anyways. Yeah, so this is going to be, if I was in politics, this is maybe how I would answer it. First, we got to get price stability, get access to the market, then we can see a recovery, and then the average person can see an increase in potentially job opening up openings or increase in pay. Uh, so that's a long ways to go. Again, if this does not work, if the, the short-term cut does not work, then you're not going to see a benefit for even longer. So it's gonna, uh, at the end of the day, we've got bigger problems. Here's my problem. I think we have an issue with Qatar. Mm-hmm. They're leaving OPEC most likely in January. They're an LNG or liquefied natural gas country. They're looking at becoming independent outside of that cartel of OPEC. Welcome to another competitor that will do their own thing. LNG Hope has a huge opportunity for us here in Canada. Qatar's noticed it. Why haven't we? Why haven't we had an LNG strategy uh, from the federal government that will push this out? We've got a lot of great companies with great innovation that we can hit the market. That hasn't been a priority uh, for this federal government at this point in time. I know that was a point of interest during question period in the in the legislature today. Unfortunately, you mentioned the feds, and uh, we're going to play a little audio from that just in a couple of minutes here. So, uh, Faisal, thanks for the extended look here. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. All right, take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Calgary Today podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. When you do, don't forget to write the show and leave a comment. Until next time, my friends.